Welcome to the Experience Quest, a talk show focused on exploring tabletop role-playing games and reflecting on our shared experiences. I'm Sarah, a host errant, and today we're going on a quest. Alright, story time. Let's talk about this incredible combat that I just had the uh, pleasure of being on the receiving end in the player's seat. So get this, we're a party of three. At this point, I think we're level nine, and we are uh, chasing down an encampment of slavers who have been snatching up commoners that live at basically the fringes of society. No one's going to miss them because they're kind of in the middle of nowhere in a, a snowy tundra region mountainous, isolated, and these slavers are just going through with their encampment, snatching people up and moving on. We're heading west, and we bait a, um, a scouting party from this slaver's encampment. We get some information out of them. We learn that at one point they had camped in the ruins to the west, which is the general area we expected them to be in, but they had moved camp further west to some abandoned towns at the foothills of the mountain. Because, of course, the ruins had a bit of monster activity that, you know, made it unsavory to stay in. They described some rather, you know, typical-ish monsters, some giant gorilla or something. Nothing we couldn't handle. But they also mentioned, from our uh, thorough questioning, that someone one of their captives, had tried to escape into the ruins. Naturally, being the heroic party that we are, we want to try and find this person and help them if they're still alive. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to head west to the ruins, we're going to look for this person, and then keep heading west so we can deal with these slavers. And I keep mentioning the word slavers. I want to just very quickly point out that this is a very uh, tactfully handled representation of a very real-world issue, and uh, I'm just going to kind of casually keep saying the word slavers, but I assure you, in campaign, in-universe, it is, um, it's dealt with with care. As an, uh, an additional aside, there's also a missing hellhound running around. Uh, you know, we encountered this very scary dude who uh, told us he was missing his hellhound, and he graciously did not kill us, despite being fully capable of doing so, and also having probable cause to. In any case, we go to these ruins, alright? The three of us with our uh, NPC that we willingly brought along. He's a little underleveled, but he, you know, helps fill out our kind of small party of three. There's uh, Scowlade, the half-orc barbarian. There's Tam, the uh, halfling rogue slash paladin. And there's my character, Rin, who is a uh, sword bard slash hexblade warlock. Going through the ruins, we, uh, we're on the lookout for danger. We're alert, we're looking for someone to help, and uh, we come across traces of the hellhound. We got some pretty good perception rolls, too. And as we're going about, Scowlade, the half-orc barbarian, receives this, uh, this telepathic communication that's not so much words as the like feelings of hunger and um, loneliness and the need for help. So we believe it's the person who ran into the ruins to escape the slavers. 
and we immediately go check it out. We kind of pinpoint where this communication is coming from, follow Scowlade, the half-orc barbarian, into um, you know a little more open area in the ruins with some crumbled walls, and we see this pile of carrion bone waste stuff. By this point, I'm already thinking, this feels like a trap, but I'm, I'm going with it because I know it's going to be fun. And, eh, we want to help whoever is potentially trapped here or calling out for help telepathically, which is suspicious in of itself, but again, going with it. Um, Scowlade, or, you know, yeah, like, Scowlade seems to believe that this is actually someone who needs help. And when we get to this pile of carrion bones, we see a, a boot sticking out of it, shaking and wiggling, and that telepathic communication again of someone needing help. So Scowlade rushes up, Tam and I follow um, behind, a few paces back, and of course it is indeed a trap. The boot goes flying off and it reveals this tentacle with an eye on it, and uh, out pops um, an Otiug, I think is, is what D&D Beyond suggested the pronunciation of it is. It's this aberration that just looks ugly as hell. It's got this gaping maw, tentacles coming off of it, some of the tentacles have eyes. It's just ugly. Big teeth. Big, big teeth. And right out the gate, like, because we had a good perception score, we weren't, uh, we weren't surprised. So we got to attack normally. But just right out the gate, it, like, grabs hold of Scowade, the barbarian, with its tentacle. Uh, it eventually gets a hold of Tam, the halfling, with its other tentacle, I think on the same turn. And, you know, Scowlade gets poisoned with some kind of disease, and, and she's grappled and restrained, and Tam's restrained, and... Rin, you know, my character, I'm just like standing back like, oh dear, this is, <laughs> this is not going to go well. I'm pretty low in the initiative order, so I'm just watching in horror as this happens, looking through my list of abilities, thinking about what I'm going to do. I really like combat, and I really like the combination I have with Rin being the Sword Bard, the College of Swords, and the Hexblade Warlock. It's a, a really fun combination, and I enjoy strategizing and coming up with new combos, and as the first round went on, I was like, okay, I'm going to probably use Hex or the Hex Curse, and I'm going to maybe make some attacks or use a, a spell to, like, bolster someone. By the time my turn actually came around, I looked at my one remaining fourth level spell slot, and I cast Polymorph, <laughs> because it was, it was scary. It was, like, legitimately scary what was about to happen. It had... Both of them grappled and restrained in its tentacles. It had done a significant chunk of damage, thankfully mitigated by the barbarian's rage, and it, it was about to climb down a pit that its like pile of bones had been covering. So it was starting down that pit, and we didn't know what was down there, we didn't know what would happen when it got down there, but it was <laughs> it was scary, like in a fun way. So polymorph, that is what I attempted to do. I knew that this could potentially end the combat, most likely delay it. We can maybe move away from this, like, horrible ruin and fight it on our own terms with a, a bit of an upper hand if it was polymorphed. But in a way, I, I didn't actually want to do that. Like, it was a, it was a knee-jerk fear reaction of, oh shit, this is, this is going to be painful if we don't deal with it appropriately. And so I attempted polymorph, and it failed by, by one... I think the DC was a 16 for it to fail, and it rolled a 17. Oh, it was so close. But I'm glad that it failed, because it was such a fun combat. I really just want to talk about how fun this combat was. Because for me as a DM, 
when I when I try to challenge my party at level 18 now, God help me, it's difficult. It is it is hard to strike that fear into people. But I'm hoping coming up soon, they're gonna fight what I'm calling a living storm, and it's a, a tempest thing, and it's gonna be great. But anyway, meanwhile, our level nine party, where I get to actually play the game as a character, uh, you know, we're fighting this Odiug, and it's great. All right, so the polymorph doesn't work. That uses my action. Fine. I I uh, give bonus action inspiration to I think the halfling first time around, or maybe it was Skelly. I don't know. I give inspiration out because we we really need that with what's going on. So it has both of them grappled in its tentacles. Next turn comes around and it slams them together, stunning Tam the halfling, and does a good chunk of damage and then tries to climb further down into the hole. Scalade tries to counter-grapple it, which the DM allowed. It was it's kind of those things where you have to stretch your imagination. Like, it has the half-orc barbarian up in the air in a tentacle, and she's, like, m- maybe grabbing hold of the tentacle and, like, planting her feet against some of the, like, cave wall or holding on to something. It sounded cool, and it was smart, so cool. The rule of cool, uh, you know, takes precedence in cases like this. But it's, uh... It's, it's dealing some pretty big damage, and I think the only reason we came out of it with as many hit points as we did is because Scowlade, uh has the ancestors, that's the barbarian path she took, and if those are out, like if she, if she maintain, maintains them, everyone in the party gets reduced damage. They get resistance against, I think, most damage types, and of course Scowlade, when she rages, gets the typical barbarian resistances. So we were mitigating lots of damage, and that was totally necessary. That bite that this uh, Odia could do, whew, it would have decimated Rin. She avoided getting bitten, I think, for the entire time, which was for the best. Like, Rin's actually died once already at the very beginning of the campaign. I didn't need that to happen again. All throughout this combat, I am looking through my list of abilities and spells and flourishes and whatnot, trying to figure out how to improve the situation. I know at one point I used a bonus action hex so that I could um, I could target its strength ability checks, because that's something hex does. It, you give disadvantage to the creature on a certain type of check. I figured if Scally's going to be trying to like grapple it or break grapples, that would be helpful. Of course, breaking the grapple is actually against a DC on the stat block, not a contest, but anyway. So I'm doing that. I'm attempting to like hit with my sword. That's going so-so. Yeah. Eh. And uh, you know, Tam's using smites, and we have Scowlade, uh, trying to use like her lightning whip, and uh, we're all being very strategic, as as much as we can be in the predicament we're in. And we have our NPC barbarian friend Brazen. He's you know chipping away at it best as he can. Thank goodness, not you know taking too much of the damage. We like Brazen alive. But the, oh gosh, the tension was high. It was, it was high as it gets like further into the, the cavern, you know, it flings Scowlade away to try and get rid of her so it can move again. And it manages to take, I think, Tam down into the bottom of the cavern. Oh, and Rin too. I think at that point, yeah, she had been grappled and she got pulled down there. So Scowlade jumps in after, even Brazen, the NPC, jumps in after, and, you know, they take a little bit of fall damage and stand up and keep attacking. 
And this thing is just like cowering in its corner by the end of it, uh, realizing the mistakes it has made. When finally we have it whittled down so much, Rin manages to get free of the grapple because she uses Thunder Wave, which pushes the creature back, and Tam uses Thunderous Smite, which also pushes the creature back. And so it was done in such a way that between the two of us, we kind of said that it would force it back enough that its long reach was broken and drops one or the other. Tam, delivering that Thunder Smite, got to pick if it was him or my character Rin. And Tam, being the sweet little halfling he is, he picked Rin. So on her turn, she takes a step back at the risk of opportunity attack, nearly gets bitten, and then Eldritch Blast. Just one, two Eldritch Blast. Kills it right in the mouth. It was such a fun end to a truly terrifying fight. And again, it's not that we even lost so many hit points as just the urgency and the exigency and the fear of what was going on with the, uh, the verticality of the fighting area where it's pulling us into a pit 30 feet down and people are being affected by status conditions, grappled, restrained, poisoned, stunned. It makes for a really tense combat and you don't know going into it even myself as a DM, who has looked at a lot of stat blocks, I didn't recognize this one. I didn't know what to expect, and it was very exciting, not knowing just how dangerous it was or what even we were fighting. The damage output, while mitigated, was pretty scary. Like I said, that bite probably would have just destroyed Rin. She is super squishy. I don't know why I didn't give her much in the way of constitution. It's just satisfying to me when combat is challenging when it's scary when it's interesting right i struggle a little bit with that like i said party's level 18 you know i started off with a party of six we're down to four in a good way because you know six is sometimes a lot to manage and like at this point it's just hard to challenge them and i i love that feeling of a challenging scary combat that is fair and intense what's interesting though is that this combat that I was a player in shared some similarities with a combat I ran as a DM that also had that sense of tension and fear, and both of which involved aberrations that have grapply tentacles, you know, that grapple on hit. And I think that's, that's just a part of it, is when you have a really good kit on your stat block, you know, you have this terrifying bite, you have these tentacles that grapple on hit, you control the space, right? You have some uh, crowd control. That's what I'm looking for. And you, you, you take some of that, not too much, but a little bit of that control away from the player characters, putting them in a situation where they have to think creatively. They have to think outside the box, not just about dealing damage, but about getting the upper hand in a bad situation with that sense of urgency. So in the one I ran, and maybe I've talked about this before, it was a Balhaneth, which was an aberration that had, like I said, tentacles. It could teleport around. Um, I modified it a little bit to pull off some shenanigans. I had it kidnap one of the player characters. They made a save, or it made a two-hit success. I made sure it was fair. But it kidnapped one of the characters, teleported away into a nearby cave. The party had to go rescue that character. You know, she, um, Samira, she was hanging in a cage in there with her in this dark, dark space. She's human. She doesn't have dark vision is a creature called the Lonely, and it is from the Shadowfell. I think it's a monstrosity. It's 
literally lonely <laughs> and um it just wants a friend but like in a really violent kind of way and uh you know she's trapped in this cage with it and her friends are coming to save her they're rushing through the cave they're running past enemies they're um you know one of them is casting jump on herself and grabbing the paladin so that they can leap up to the cage while samira she's casting charm monster on this thing and befriending it which is really thematically on point for the lonely it just wants a friend, so that worked out really well. She succeeded on the charm monster and gained its loyalty. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean that, like, like it was actually kind of sad when they said goodbye by, like, banishing it back to the Shadowfell. In any case, the sense of urgency of needing to rescue Samira, the squishy human party member, of needing to deal with this Bohanis as it teleports around, grappling people and slamming them, bludgeoning them, bludgeoning them, bludgeoning them Ugh. it was like one of the first times that i actually had someone dangerously close to dying like they were on their second death saving throw which is unusual for me and i think having these these aberrations that are unsettling and have interesting kits and can teleport and can grapple and that makes combat so much more satisfying especially when paired with urgency exigency fear some sort of other goal that's not just about killing the thing, but also overcoming some disadvantage or some, some problem. I think for a lot of people, and myself included, this is a pretty obvious realization after getting some experience DMing, is you want to have some kind of other objective. You want to have something else going on instead of just having a bunch of fodder for people to hit that elevates a combat, especially when you put in verticality and interesting terrain, to something so much more than just rolling dice and, you know, doing math, right? Which is why I was just really excited about the, the combat I experienced a few days ago, where I got to uh, play Rin and be challenged, and, like, historically, that's kind of how this campaign has gone, the one I'm playing in. The DM... Fran, she does a, a great job of keeping things dangerous, keeping things scary and interesting and having fun combats. Interspersed with some, like, you know, fairly easy combats just to mess around with our characters and our kits and stuff, but but it's it's extra fun and <laughs> supremely memorable, especially for someone with a bad memory like me, to have that exciting of a combat. Like, it really... It really brings back that feeling of like, wow, I love tabletop gaming so much. Obviously, I like the roleplay aspects of it. Like throughout it, we were we were roleplaying, we were, you know, in character. And that, of course, is fun too. But just like the, the edge of the seat, nail-biting, tense combat is just, you know, one of those I love this game moments because we are triumphant together. We're like reacting to the things that are happening, to the, the slam and the stun, to the triumphant defeat. It's just fun. So yeah, there's really no um, uh, major takeaway from this episode other than I'm just nerding out about a fun session I had. And, uh, you know, this isn't revolutionary combat advice or anything. There's a lot of great resources out there to read and, uh, you know, get your own experience with combat. It's not like you're going to come away from this a changed DM able to run combat so much better and faster. Nah, it's just a fun story. Maybe it's one of those you-had-to-be-there moments where hearing it secondhand, it's like, yeah, cool. You killed a thing, good job. 
But I think it's important sometimes to slow down, enjoy the little things, and get to have a game tale to tell. So thanks for listening to my ramble. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll have a much more uh, interesting and exciting episode coming out, perhaps off schedule even, uh, later this month with Odie. He's working on a really cool project that I'm excited to be sharing on the Experience Quest when that is ready to release. So keep an eye out for that. Hopefully that'll be out soon. Thank you for joining me on the Experience Quest. I hope you enjoyed the journey and that you have a lovely day. If you would like to be part of this show and share your experiences, feel free to reach out on Twitter or on my website, and we will get something going. Thank you again for taking the time to listen.